I have tapes and they are hot, all quite ting ting, it's the start of the pod. My team's good and yours is not quite down ting ting, it's the start of Hello! Coming to you in a pre-recorded fashion from the League Podcast Headquarters in snowy Upper Arlington, Ohio, I am Diesel, and this is Don't Fear the Keeper. Joining me today, now that he's finished brawling with Bill's Mafia, the smoked sensei himself, Chuck Kesa. How the hell are you, Chuck? John, attitudes are high. We're looking in a positive direction. I'm doing great. It's great to be here. The Browns are back, and uh, they might run the table and go 10 and 6 to make the playoffs. I'm just saying it's a possibility. So, so you didn't hear this because you were at the game, but at the very end of the Browns game, after they had you know clinched the victory, uh, whoever was calling it essentially said, uh, you know, oh, and the Browns' hopes are still alive. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, that seems like a little bit of a stretch to say that their hopes are still alive, barring them running the table. But I guess technically, yeah, still alive. So here's the thing. The AFC stinks. So it, it, it this, is, this is a classic Eastern Conference thing when the Cavs were good. AFC stinks. The two wildcard teams right now are the Bills, who the Browns now had the tiebreaker over, and the Steelers, who were at five and four, and the Browns have to play twice. So, yes, I, I mean, the AFC North is just bad in general. Honestly. Well, the, the Ra- could technically yeah. win the division. Well, we could. The Ravens only the, if the Ravens go four and three over the last seven, they clinch the division. Um, yeah. That's that's with the Browns well. winning every game. So. So you're telling me there's a chance. The Ravens appear to actually be a good team. I refuse to acknowledge them as a really good team because the Browns will kick the shit out of them. Um, <laughs> it's true. Um, but, yeah, so the Ravens might actually be a really good team. Um, Lamar is playing incredibly. But, yes, the Browns are very much alive in everything. And am I to set myself up for failure? Did I get my heart broken? Probably. but Almost certainly. But let's roll. Uh, wow, I'm really glad that I gave you that softball with the uh, brawling with Bill's Mafia thing now. That was unplanned, folks. We're doing it live. Uh, all right, perfect. Well, we have got a straight-up tremendous pod for you guys today. We got uh, we got interviews, we got segments, we got more segments, and even some insights from your hosts, Chuck and I. But before we get to all that, let's recap the past week's action. Week 10. We start in a clash at the top of the East as Chuck and Asa squared off in a battle of commissioners past and present. Chuck started off the contest on Thursday night, acquiring 7 from Darren Drive Me Up a Waller and 20 from Melvin Gordon Whitefoot, recently acquired for the most lopsided trade in league history to get off to a commanding start. Pocket Aces liked his hand, though, and let off with a heavy bet as Michael Jackson Thomas danced his way all over the Falcons' defense on his way to 28 points, and Alan Gamble Robinson II called the bet and route to 15 of his own. Chuck called Alex's bluff, 
scoring 11 from Julio Mr. Jones and 15 from the efforts of Jared Allen. Oh, sparked up. And 15 from Matt Ryan Fitzpatrick as the flop unfolded. Alex checked on the turn, scoring a mere 11 from the efforts of Jared Allen Goff and Todd Gurley. Chuck followed turns, looked like he might just have not have enough this week. As disappointing days from Saquon, Narles Barkley, and Mason Crossbar left Chuck down heading into Sunday night. As it turns out, Chuck was waiting all day, waiting all day, waiting all day for Sunday night, as he proved to have an ace in the hole, as 32 points of Amari Bradley Cooper silenced Daylock and ripped, and ripped the race for the East wide open. Chuck 119, Alex 87.9. Next, we move into a cross-down matchup of two good old Jersey boys as my Rage and Rutledges took on Ben and his disappointment. Gee, Ben looked like he had the Rutledges number early in this one. He saw 21 from DJ from Full House Moore, 23 from Mark Andrews Luck, and 25 from Drake and Josh Allen to jump out to an early lead. But my boys don't know the meaning of the word quit. Seriously, they are not very well read. 23 from the Racing's defense, 24 from the Gilded One, and 26 from Pastafari and McCaffrey gave the Rutledges a late lead in this one, uh, headed into the Monday night matchup. 19 from Chris Johnny Carson was admirable, but nowhere near enough to salvage this one for old Ben, as his playoff hopes dwindled to almost nothing. Final. Rutledge's 139, Ben 121.7. In a western battle of intimate foes, Colin and Scurry Gurry met in a matchup of the top of the west. Scurry got his engine started as Derrick Henry Ford drove all over the Kansas City defense and route to a cruising day and 33 points. He wasn't quite done there as Gerald Chevrolet dropped 15, and Harrison Buicker added 14 of his own. But unfortunately for Gary, Matt Brentley stalled out and Odell BMW blew a tire, leaving the race wide open for Colin to win. And Colin was in cruise control this week, stacking 30 for Patrick Mahonda, 27 from Acura Jones, and a big gas-guzzling 38 from Chrysler Kirk. Tossed a 22 more from the Steelers, and Colin didn't even have to get in the fifth gear to win this one. Colin, 166.7. Gary, 126.2. And now we move on to the league's annual Skidmark Bowl as Zach and Paul faced off to decide who would stop their spiral. Zach dug his heels in first, seeing 16 from Kale Allen, 20 from Travis Kell Sea Lion, and 26.8 from Kyle Murray. But Paul scrambled back with 16 from Rig play Robert Woods and a massive 33 from Kendrick Lamar Jackson leading the way. In the end, 14 from Matt You Are What You Eat Gay swung this one for Zach as Paul continues to plummet. Zach 129.3, Paul 114.9. And last but not least, we get into a clash of titans as the Golden Dome took on the Clock Tower. The towering Inferno slashed first, grabbing 15 from Kenny G and 13 from Jack the Ripper Doyle. But the Globe would quickly bounce back, securing 33 from Tyreek Evans Hill. 
and 18 from third light Greg Olson to slap back at the Eiffel Tower. But the Empire State Building would try to stand tall, using 31 from Dalvin Gordon Ramsey and 17 from Russell Baseball Club. But folks, it wouldn't be enough, as a mere 8 from Ezekiel Elliott Ness and Calvin and Hobbs Ridley would give the Great Plains all the cards, and he capitalized with 26 from Dak Dak Attack Prescott and 23 from Ronald McDonald Jones to silence the Sears Tower and climb back into the playoff race. Hat Guy, 127.9. Vape God, 112.2. And that is your action for Week 10. I really like the car one. I was see. I was I, I once I got that Derrick Henry Ford. I was like, oh, I can just do car ones for all these. <laughs> I can make this work. Yeah, I can just do car ones. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of good games this week. A lot of blowouts. Yeah, there was. Uh, this happens though. Towards you, know, you get one week where it's just like, yeah, whatever. People played. Nothing really happened. Exciting. There, are, there was an upset in Mike over Brian, but yeah, it wasn't. It was an upset. I called that. So it was. You did call it, and we'll get to it later. But god damn it. <laughs> um, and we actually will get to it later. This is one of those times where it's chronological order, like in our lives, and as this podcast is being recorded. This is true. This is correct. That's it. We're doing a lot, folks. Um. Okay. Well. With that, uh, we're going to take you guys into a, an interview with our featured owner of the week, who's actually going to be the very same Mike Ong, who's fresh off of an upset victory over Brian here, uh, and is donating his time from Baltimore. So let's uh, let's dive straight into our interview. Here you go with Mike. Like a nigga wearing jersey, I get love wearing jersey. Crying rays going crazy, crazy, coming young niggas so thirsty. Couple comers made a purchase. Caught the wave, ain't surfing. Caught the wave, ain't surfing. You do what you want when you pop it. Yeah. You do what you want when you pop it. You do what you want when you cap it. You do what you want. Okay. Well, now we would like to welcome to the podcast our featured owner of the week, all the way from Baltimore, Mike Ong. Mike, welcome to the pod. Thank you, guys. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that we could finally get this scheduled after uh, Mike kind of turned us down the last time we tried to do this, if you recall, Chuck. I did not. Uh, no, uh, John, you fucked up and turned Mike down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no I, Mike I, had the uh, – go ahead. Go ahead. Give your side. I said I had, like, a dinner plan from, like, for an hour of the night and said I could do it right after dinner, and John bumped me out for Garrison. Yeah, it took me so, took me seventeen seconds to convince Mike to change his plans and be available for the podcast. And John's like, "No, I already asked Garrison." Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what exactly what happened. No, so what happened was Mike uh, told me that he was going to have a bunch of people in his apartment watching the debate, and that if we asked him to, he could leave that in the middle of the debate uh, and just. While a bunch of people sat in his living room, he would just go into a bedroom and record this podcast with us, which to me sounded like Mike was busy and couldn't do it. So we moved on. That's not true. That's not how, it's that's, a, it's a, it's a how I perceived it. Yeah, yeah. That's what you said. That's what you told me. There's a two to one here. I the, It's the two people who aren't running this podcast versus the one who is. So I don't. I, I feel like, you know, I got a little bit more weight here. This is not true, John. 
We'll, we'll get right. let's, let's, let's get on with it. All right. Whatever. Um, so, I'm right, you're wrong. Okay, so, Mike, uh, we just got two questions for you here. A piece. So, Chuck, why don't you take it away? Uh, yeah. Poke Mike a little bit. Alrighty, Mike. So, my first question for you is fairly simple. Do you think this is the year that you make the jump to the playoffs? Slash... Are you fully prepared to make the dinner trip a five hundred plus dollar weekend? Oh shit! Um, I've I've been thinking about my playoff run ever since I beat Brian, <clears throat> and I think it's sort of like one of those things where um, after after that we went against Ben, I've I've, uh, I've lowered a theoretical difficulty level on fantasy. Not having an RB one this week, yeah. um, tough. So it feels like if fantasy was a game, I would be pay- playing it on the lowest difficulty possible. Okay. At this point, so the playoffs seem within the realm of possibilities. Holy shit! Did you just really do that again? No, see, he he got around it. He was very smart about it. And then, I think five hundred plus. Uh, let me think. Um, so the flight there, I think was around only 100 actually. Okay. Which oh, is, okay. Yeah. I got, I got a cheap flight to Detroit. So I, have to, I would have to spend 400, um, minimum on dinner is probably 100. So it's going it's, it's to be, it's going to be more than that. Just so you're aware. I said minimum. I said minimum. Yeah. Um, so maybe 150 for dinner. So I'm at two fifty. Mike, you've thrown out the idea of getting a hundred and fifteen dollars steak. Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm aware. I'm, Semantics. I'm thinking about like there, there's still a gap, right? There's no way I'm spending all four hundred on dinner. Okay. Or is it? I really don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Mike. Uh, I feel like I reasonably plan for three hundred, and maybe some gambling could get me to five hundred. All right. Hell yeah, Mike. <laughs> yeah. I respect that answer, that you expect the playoffs, but you are fully prepared to just dump as much money as necessary into this weekend. That's pretty good. It's yeah. the level of commitment we're looking for. Um, okay, Mike, so my question for you is, so let's say, hypothetically, you entered a hot dog eating contest tomorrow. Ooh. Do you feel that you would have more success in that endeavor, just with no preparation, than you have had in your entire fantasy football career thus far? Yes. If, if okay. there's like a, a local to Baltimore contest, uh, I sure I like I plan to place top two. <laughs> wow! If I'm not if I'm not up against like oh, Matt Shoney. Just like Chestnut, it's just like some local Baltimoreans. Top two. I'm familiar with the techniques. I'm familiar with the water with the breads and just swallow no bite. Just deep throating hot dog all day long? Multiple hot dogs. It's <laughs> Mike, not a, Mike trying to will himself past professional eaters in a hot dog contest guarantees that he chokes and dies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the risk I'm willing to take. 
I mean, I'd just like to zero in that, yeah, again, with literally no preparation, you feel that you would be better at that than you have been at fantasy football, which you have now dedicated, like, months and months and who knows how many hours of your life to. Well, I feel like eating is something, overall, probably way more time spent eating and the techniques around eating. This is true. People eat a lot of food. speed eating. Yeah. Not speed eating. Like you just said, like you're familiar with the techniques, but have you practiced them? I think I have about three hot dogs in the fridge right now. And I'm kind of (laughs) like... Do we do this on air? I'm I'm willing to microwave a hot dog right now and see if I can swallow it. Oh, God. (laughs) I, I really... I'll probably edit out some of the in-between time as Mike microwaves a hot dog. Bro, is it a Mike choke out a hot dog? That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Go in the microwave right now. Put it for a minute. Um, I'm kind of curious if I can swallow this hot dog. <laughs> Think of our ratings if oh, Mike I, died on air. I ate a full dinner. I would say I had like – You don't – just eat, you're eat it fast or try to swallow it whole? I'm just going to see – I'm heating up four hot dogs. I want to see how fast I can roll all of them. Okay. All right. We did it. We're fucking rolling then. I'll I'll get some pieces of bread as well. Uh, Four pieces of bread. Yeah, it's hot dogs and buns in a contest. You got to have some bread with it. Got to have bread. Are you going to have a glass of water to water down the bun? Okay, I only have two pieces of bread left. We'll, we'll, we'll work with it. That's fine. That's technically only three total hot dogs and buns, I think is how the scoring works. Really? Says a hot, you need a hot dog and a bun to, um, to count as one. <coughs> Mike only has – Mike has four hot dogs but only two pieces of bread, a.k.a. two buns. So technically that would be two – it would be two, but we'll give him the third because he's going to eat two more hot dogs. Ah, uh, for the second. Okay, I'm, I agree. I agree. Yes. Okay. Each hot dog and bar is a half a unit. <laughs> this is pretty. I, I really ate a big dinner before this. I'm not going to lie. This is kind of like, like the moment really came to me, and I just have heated hot dogs in my face now. <laughs> and I have like regular wheat, wheat bread buns. Wheat bread, just wheat bread. Right. Okay. I fold it up into bun structure. Okay. It's fair. Um, okay, I'm kind of, I guess I'm like. Here, Mike, Mike, say go, and I'll time you, and then try to make a noise when you get the last one in your mouth, and I'll stop the clock, okay? Can we, let me wait a second for these hot dogs to cool down. I'm like, I'm like, rubbing. Oh, you went up. too much. Yeah, they're kind of, I'm going to rub them, I'm going to just run them under cold water real quick. <laughs> This is, this is some of the best material we have ever had. I think. Okay, Listening okay. to Mike run a hot hot. Mike, Mike might die right here. Well, I'm ready. All right, I got it. Let me just get nine one one. Oh my. Thank you. Actually, that's really smart because I don't know your address. Yeah, that's true. I got nine one one set up, ready to go. Good. All right. Okay. <laughs> 
I'm going to go bread first and then the dogs. This is four total hot dogs and two pieces of bread, right? Yes, four dogs, two pieces of wheat bread, just like okay. the regular sandwich bread. All right, say go. Water. I have a cup of water I'm going to dip the bread into. Okay, say go, and I'll and I'll uh, start the clock. Go. I, we can definitely hear Mike chewing, so that's good. I believe that it's happening. That's true. It's also good that he's chewing, honestly. This is true. Hey, look, worse come to worse, we just turn this into an ASMR type of video. This is true. 30 seconds. This is Mike after a full dinner. <laughs> Eating four hot dogs and two pieces of bread. All in the mouth. All right. Um, 47.83 seconds. Wait, 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 no. It's all in my mouth right now. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's a <laughs> dog every... I don't know, 12 seconds essentially. And yep. with the two pieces of bread. So figure if Mike had four pieces of bread, probably would have been another. Call it an even minute, maybe. maybe. Maybe I'd say another 10 seconds, but yeah, maybe 55 seconds or so. My mouth's clear now. Okay. Holy shit. Maybe Mike would have a shot. It's, the thing though is, is anybody can eat two hot dogs or four hot dogs really, really fast. It's when he gets to like hot dogs 10 to 12. That's like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm really full. Yeah. The thing yeah. is, in answer to my question, Mike has already proven that he is – that effort there is better than anything he has done in the fantasy football realm. So the answer is yes to my question at least. And, and, yeah. the, and the Charlie's last skepticism, I, I really did eat two bowls of fried rice before this. So it's kind of like the 10th dog, I think, at that point. Yeah, hey, that, that's pretty good. I accept that. I accept that. We may have to have a hot dog eating concert at some point, Mike. The I bread think, was really just not tasty, covered in water, but it did like move <laughs> it up really well. Yeah, I mean, it just it just slides right down your throat. <laughs> Look, like, they do it for a reason. It's like a burst of water in your mouth, and the the, the dogs just go down. Yeah, there you That's go. Impressive, Mike. Really good. At, <laughs> really good at eating some some wiener. Some weed. Um, Okay. Do we want to ask the last two questions, or are uh, we? So I, so I think I think mine is actually a very relevant last question, okay. given what go. we just did here. Yeah. Um, Mike, have you considered any interventional therapies to deal with your disaster up top? Slash, what is your mentality with the situation there? I've fully accepted being bald. It's really okay. just like, I, it's it's kind of. There's like an interesting nuance of noticing other bald people in the world. And it's just like a nice little nod of like just camaraderie. Um, like you're a, like you're a motor, like you're a motorcycle guy, waving other guys that are motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. It's like bald guy, bald guy, right. We get each other. Which also motorcycle guy and bald guy, a lot of overlap there. A ton yeah. of overlap there, actually. You get to wear a motorcycle helmet the entire time. It's part it's part of the it makes sense. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I'm, I shave it all down every three days, just completely bald. Hey, there you go. I, 
Yeah. If it works for you, Mike, it works for us. That's what's important here. I was just curious as to, and this, I mean this in no, in no like to be mean, but like losing your hair at such a young age, the way you did, I was wondering if you were looking at like, <laughs> at like hair plugs or something like that, because you've got a lot of time in theory left to live, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand. Uh, it's definitely like, I think if I didn't have a current girlfriend, it would definitely be a lot tougher on me mentally. Um, but it's like, if she's fine with it, I'm also fine with it. And a lot of those hair processes are pretty, pretty expensive. Um, yeah. One of my, uh, I guess more wealthier friends in San Francisco is also balding. And it's like, you basically spend 10 to 15 K and it's still like a little bit of a crapshoot of it, whether the, the whole thing grows back. Yeah. So it's just not a risk I'm willing to take right now, but I could see myself with a full head of hair by 40. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering. Okay. But so Monica's an enabler here is what I'm hearing. Yeah. I might have thrown 10 K on hair plugs otherwise. Okay. But um, Mike, you did buy one full Bitcoin, so I have no doubt that you could just throw money around at any given moment. That's not that's kinda like I knew I wasn't gonna lose it all, right? Yeah, but like this would be an investment in you. Yeah, yeah. I I just like knew they were like surefire best at that point, but yeah, I, I would. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you're yeah. saying so you've accepted it for now, but you're the, the doors open for a possible change of mind in the future. Yes. Okay. I think definitively having hair is a better outcome. Okay, I I, I think that's fair. Okay, Mike. Um, <clears throat> I'm honestly I'm gonna skip my last question because uh, I got you to eat. Hot dog? Or, I didn't get you. You volunteered freely to eat hot dogs right in the middle, so I can't really ask for much more than that. So we're just going to move right along to our Mount Rushmore, actually. So um, this idea was actually Chuck's. So Chuck, would you like to explain what we're doing here? Yep. So this Mount Rushmore is Mount Rushmore of units of measurement. <laughs> so Which, one we one we have not done before, for obvious reasons. Yes. This is very obscure. However, I found it pretty interesting. Just what we can come up with because the answers are pretty much endless, and there yes. are many different ways you can approach uh, what the category is. Really, you know, you can go with funny ones. You can go with most versatile. You can go with like most relevance in the world we live in. Whatever yes. you want to do. Exactly. A lot of options you could take with it. So, uh, you know, let's just do it this way. Okay. Uh, Mike, I'm going to flip a coin. You're not going to be able to see it, but I will. Uh, and you're going to tell me heads or tails and we'll decide if you go first or second that way, I guess. Okay. Ready? Call it. Heads. It is heads. So Mike goes first. Uh, and then with that, Chuck, we're going to do the same thing with you. So you just, you, you call it. Tails. Okay, it fell on the ground, which is good. Add a randomness. It is also tails, so we will go with Mike, then Chuck, then me, and around and around. Cool. Uh, all, right. all right, so Mike, go ahead. Football fields. 
Damn football it. field. Okay. I used that today, actually. Somebody was asking me how long, how long 500 feet is. I was like, it's like one and a half football fields. It's so versatile. Yeah. Also, all the, all the measurements of really, really big things are football fields. Yeah, and it's uh, it's one of those things where there was a meme that went around a while ago with like the fact that newscasters can't help themselves. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was a good, that was a good pick, Mike. That was a good first pick. That's very good. That was my, Jack, what about you? All right. What I'm was that, Mike? No, no. I was just saying I had that lock and loaded. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my first one will go with Stone's throw. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, That's Stone's nice. throw. Um, because a, it's very prevalent amongst our group, but also. <laughs> Just a wildly variable and how long it could be. It's, it really gives you no accurate information as to the distance of something. No, it does. And it's it's one of those ones that I feel like has been around for like as long as most real units of measurement have been around. But yeah, back when like throwing a rock was probably the way people measured shit. Like that was probably the way they did it. I don't doubt it, honestly. Uh, okay, Stone's Throw. Stone's Throw in football field. Uh I will say I didn't have stones throw on my list, but uh, number one overall, I'm going to take Lightyear. Okay, Lightyear. Just because, I mean, it's like, I don't know, distance that light moves in a year? That's kind of dope. And plus, it just gets used probably too frequently, but still, uh, pretty sweet. Also, Buzz Lightyear. Yes. You know, for obvious reasons. That's that's another big one. John, do you know how many miles a Lightyear is? I'm not off the top of my head, no. It's 5.879 times 10 to the 12th miles. There's probably a time that I used to know that. I it, The time has passed. Yeah, hey, it happens. Uh, okay, and then it comes back around to me. Uh, at which point, I'm going to go with meter here. Meter? Uh, That's a boring one. Ooh, it's weird. A, it's a boring one, but it's... I mean, I had to give some manner of shout-out to the metric system in that, like, it's just, I don't know. Like, I don't like the fact you get a meter. I don't, I don't I hear what you said, but I'm not going to push on anyway. Yeah, I don't like the fact that metric came before an imperial. I mean, I, it's... I, I mean, I can't, I can't fault you for taking one of the standard units of measurement, but not a very exciting one. It's not exciting, but if you got a meter, then you got all the way, like... Because of how the metric system is set up, you have everything at that point. You could just tell me a thousand meters, and I know ballpark what you're talking about. You could tell me a thousand feet, and I really don't have a great sense for that. That's true. Hey. So there you go. All right, my second pick. I'm going to go with a uh, metric fuck ton. <laughs> well, sure. Okay. Uh, second metric because, measurement. Because, again, <laughs> metric fuck ton could just, could just be no one really knows. Just a lot of shit. Literally. So, um, I, I used to throw that out a lot in high school. Metric fuck ton. Figured I'd bring it back. It's what it's just fun to say about it. it's the stuff that's a lot. It's it's great. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with horsepower for my second pick. Horsepower. That is a good one. I enjoy the concept of horses and how much power they can generate converted to cars. Uh, there's also I, in my research, there's also something called donkey power, which is a third of horsepower. <laughs> Hell yeah. Just, uh, just another FYI. But I went That's with actually horsepower. Um, oh, actually, I'll take horsepower and donkey power back to back. 
<laughs> All right. Gold donkey power. What a turn. That's a hell of a, hell of a round for Mike there. Holy shit. Not what I was expecting. Okay. Um, those are both very good. All right. My <laughs> third pick. I'm going to go with Coughlin time. <laughs> Coughlin time, wow. for those who are not aware, popularized by former New York Giants head coach Tom Coughlin. And it is arriving anywhere five minutes earlier than five minutes prior to the scheduled start time of a meeting or event. So yep. it's very variable. It's Coughlin time, just 10 minutes early everywhere. Uh, so was- yeah, so I'm going with that. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, I believe his saying was, "If you're f- ten minutes early, you're early. If you're five minutes early, you're on time. And if you're on time, you're late." Yeah, Coughlin time. Pat Trimmer famously uh, removed Coughlin time from the New York Giants when he took over as head coach. Allegedly, Tom Coughlin had all of the clocks like actually changed to be like ten minutes early. I did not know that, but that sounds right. That man had a had a stranglehold over that organization for yeah. a long time. So, Coughlin time. Should have never let it go. Uh, okay. Uh, at my number three pick, I'm going to go with Mount Everest's. That's another one similar to football fields, but on a bigger scale. Like, I've, never heard, I've never heard of that. Never heard that one either. You have never heard – like uh, like if you've ever seen anything about the, uh, like the Mariana Trench, they really love describing things in terms of how many uh, Mount Everest can fit in it if it's like really big or like uh, – Oh shit! I can't think of it right now. But the there's a very large mountain on Mars, and they also like to just well, it's like six Mount Everest. It's fucking crazy. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Mount Everest in that it's like the football field, but uh, you know, just on That's a big. much larger scale. Okay. You can't really use Mount Everest. What? You can't really use Mount Everest as a common common unit of measurement there. Really? You're gonna you're gonna. You are going to take me on with Mount Everest when metric fuck ton and donkey power have been thrown out already. Those you can use. You just listed two things you can measure Mount Everest with. What? I'm saying you can only. All right, all right, all right. All right let's move on. Let's move on. Whatever. Okay, my last one. Uh, this one's going to be one that I think Garrison might have invented. Uh, but if he didn't, then credit to whoever did. Uh, half a bee's dick. Is uh, on a way yeah, that, smaller side. That's one I've not ever heard before. That's Garrison threw, throws that around periodically uh, in describing very small things as uh, not one whole bee's dick, but just half of one. So I'm going to go with half a bee's dick. Hmm. Okay. Um, my I got no comments on that one. Uh, okay. My last one. I'm going miles as the crow flies. That's a good one. Because it's it's very just an accurate of like GPS coordinates, <laughs> but inherently when somebody says it's five miles or whatever as the crow flies, that inherently means that it's not an accurate description of how far and or long you will have to travel to get from point A to point B. <laughs> it just is real, misleading. Yeah. Real big fan of ambiguous measurements. Yeah. The, all of mine are just t- out of control. Very variable. Um, uh, my last one would be, I think I gotta go with Fahrenheit. Just a classic Imperial one. Doesn't make any sense. Really just America swinging its dick around. Hey, 
Not bad. Um, any honorable mentions? Um, I had a couple. I had I had Parsec, which was oh I had thrown out there. Um, a pace, which is which is two steps. Wow, Mike, nice job. What's going on over there, bud? A what? Uh, Baltimore backdrop. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, yeah, Parsec. I had a pace, which is two steps. Which fun fact for you, the pace was popularized by the Romans who recorded their miles as a 1,000 paces. And a pace is roughly five feet. So the Roman maps, they say, like, they're actually pretty accurately with miles, you know, with the measurement of what miles are. <laughs> it's a little fun fact for you. Um, I have a mole, because that was always a big chemistry one, and I love that the abbreviation of mole is you just take the E off of a four-letter word, and that's the abbreviation. Sure. Um, I have a nautical mile, which is 1.151 miles. <laughs> Or one minute of arc around the sphere of the Earth. I did not know how that, that, that was what the distance of a nautical mile was, so I looked that up. Oh, yeah, me neither, actually. Huh. Yeah, so it's it's one minute, which is one sixtieth of a degree of arc around the sphere of the Earth. That's yeah. that's pretty solid, Mike. Anything? Uh, <clears throat> I was looking at mother cow index, which is how much land or how many mother cows a piece of land could support. Was a big okay. one, and similarly, cows, grass, the amount of land, if the land could produce enough grass to support a cow. Okay. Wow. Very, uh, Mike, Mike, Mike is a very heavy animal, uh, animal twist on all of his, uh, all of his choices. Very agricultural. Yeah, yeah. Mike. Horsepower, donkey power, mother cows, and cows grass. So what, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. There's um, also. Uh, <laughs> Mug segel, which is equivalent to a length of a horsefly's penis. <laughs> so half a bee stick. Half, half a bee stick. So similar concept, yeah. But half of it. Wow. <laughs> yes. Well, but you also got to compare, you know, horsefly to bee genital girth. But, but that's a whole other conversation. I, I, feel um, like, actually, I, I, I feel like bee dick bigger. Yeah, probably. Okay. I had jewel. Uh, for its unit of energy as well as as a vaping. Uh, the things Brian that, use. Things it's, Brian uses, so that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, you guys talk about that on the pod? Brian's fix, oral fixation? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, kilowatt, I thought it, was, it just sounds cool. Uh, I also had astronomical unit. It's the distance between the center of the Earth to the center of the sun, and it's like how you actually like scientifically measure stuff in the universe. I just thought that that was a cool way to measure things, though it's a boring name. Yeah. Oh, I had Fortnite in the back pocket as well. Yeah, Fortnite oh. would be a good one. Yeah. For, for a, a score, which would have been <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Damn, that, that would have been a really good one. Someone um, could have gone old school had score, Fortnite, um, a pace would have been could have been really. a hey penny, a hey a hey penny, a bit. Uh, okay. Well, with that, I think I don't know. We'll 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 weigh in. We'll have the group weigh in on who won or lost this, just based on your guys' reactions. I, I take it I lost, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, light. You started off really strong with Lightyear, and Mita was okay, and then Mount Everest was one that I didn't understand. And then half of B's dick, I don't think hit the way you thought it was going to hit. 
I, I think Kirkison will appreciate it. I think half of these they could have is your best pick. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. Um, so just to recap, so that you guys remember, I had a stone's throw, a metric, a metric fuck ton, Coughlin time, and Miles as the crow flies. John, you had Lightyear meter, Mount Everest's, and half a bee's dick. And Mike, you had a football field, uh, horsepower, donkey power, and Fahrenheit. Yeah. All right, that's fair. All right, well, Mike, uh, that'll, I think, about do it for your time on our show. Would you like to share anything else with the group? At this point, Mike went into a long-winded explanation about how I am the best commissioner that the league has ever seen that was lost due to some technical difficulties. My apologies. (laughs) God, you're asking for it. Uh, Okay, well, thanks again, Mike, and now we're going to take you guys back to our segments right now okay well thank you again mike for uh sparing the time to uh you know he had to take a break from polishing his head or whatever it is that he does so that's that takes some time you know I thought the Golden Dome was a really good thing to call Mike to open up the open up that 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 recap. I had to go in and check like which one you were doing just because I was like, who the fuck is the Golden Dome and the Clock Tower? I knew the Clock Tower was Brian. I guess mm-hmm. it took me a second, but I liked it. I, call, I called I called Mike like the Golden Dome, the Great Plains. I think was a good thing that I called Mike. <laughs> You know, it's it's good. You make the audience work for it a little bit, and that uh, you know, you know, that gives you a sense of accomplishment. Also, I know for a fact that um, I have karma about to kick me straight in the teeth because I've made quite a lot of jokes about Mike <laughs> going bald as fast as he did, and I'm I deserve it at this point. Like, so you do deserve it, um, but barring you just completely abandoning sleep. And eating like healthy, I think you'll survive a couple more years at least before karma can really get in there. Yeah, that, that's true. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm waiting for like you know, it's co- it's coming. I know it's coming. Oh, it's coming. It, at this point, it's probably coming for all of us since yeah. you know you've led the charge, but we've all made the yeah. jokes. Yeah, it's true. This is true. So feel better about that. This was um, Charlie and John make fun of Mike's hair. That's what that segment yeah. was called. This is, uh, which I'm sure, as you've all just heard, we also mocked him uh, during uh, that interview that we've totally recorded already. So hell of a know. hell of a Mount, hell of a Mount Rushmore, though. It was my idea. It was Chuck's idea, and uh, it was it was great. It was it was wonderful. Um, okay, so now we are going to get into our last segment here. Uh, we're just going to do this briefly, just because we're close enough, but things are still so up in the air. Chuck and I are going to give you guys our predictions for who's going to actually make the playoffs this year. Uh, we're just going to sort of run through how we see things breaking down. See, guys, give you guys some, um, you know, our opinions on why we think things are going to shake out the way that they do. And uh, yeah, that'll pretty much be it. It just seemed interest an interesting thing to do, given the fact that. Uh, you know, we have so many fucking five and five teams right now. This is, this is actually incredible. I mean, we have three five and five teams, one six and four, and 
uh one or sorry we have four five and five teams one sixteen four one four and six so everyone's still on the board <laughs> yeah um and yeah not all of those teams are gonna make it so uh as a result uh Chuck why don't you, you want to give us yours uh your breakdown first here yeah, uh, so a couple of things. So I, I looked at some of the numbers, and historically in our league with the 13, since we've gone to the 13-game regular season, basically above 500 gets you in, so going 7-6. and six. That being said, I think we're going to have to need some – I think we're going to have to use tiebreakers uh, this year because you have a couple outliers with uh, Ben and Paul um, only having two and three wins respectively. I think there's extra wins that can go around in those middle of the road teams. I think that's why we're going to get some tiebreakers. But I will give you go ahead and give you my top six. Yeah. So my number one, uh, I'm going with Colin. He's got the one game lead. Um, he, he, he's playing really, really well. He's got a really good team. Um, he only has to win two out of the next three um, to guarantee the top spot because I believe because I, I don't foresee his points for. Um, waning all of a sudden yeah um so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go Kyle number one um and getting that first round by we'll go from there uh number two so i am a game behind alex in the east um alex plays colin this week and i play mike i'm gonna use your facts use the assumption that i i win alex loses i would take the two spot from him <laughs> i would win the uh, points for tiebreaker, and I mean it's not even close. I've got over a hundred more points for than Alex does. So even if he scores way more points, we this week I don't see him outscoring me by over a hundred. Not yeah, it, it, over three weeks. Yeah, still he won't be able to do it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and say that I get the two the two seed now. Like I said, I can still. I mean, I'm still well, the only person like I said in the playoffs is um, Colin. He's the only person that's guaranteed himself a playoff spot. Everybody else could technically still be. Um, knocked out. So yes, it'd be hard for Alex to go at this point, but it's still possible. Yes. So uh, you, you need to get eight wins. Alex has seven. I think he's going to win one more. Um, he's got a two game lead on that huge pack. So I think he gets the three seed. He has to win one more game uh, out of the three to really be tied with them. And then we'll let points for. Care. So I'm going to say he gets a three seed winning two out of the next three, or at least one out of the next three. So he gets the three. Um, in the four, this is where it's interesting. I'm going to actually go with uh, you, John. Oh. Snag, snagging that four seed. Um, you've, you're you the team that just won't go away. I like where you're at with points four. You have the four seed now as a result of that, and you're pretty substantially ahead of um, Brian, who is fifth. Yeah, my competition. Uh, it's yeah, it, it, it's it's closing like it's it's fifty two points, which could which could close in three weeks. But it's, that being said, it's expanding at the moment, or it has been expanding recently, though. That's the thing. Yeah, so so we'll see. I mean, you like said um, one huge week. You, know, you threw up two hundred points one time. If something like that happens, that could really throw this all into. Oh yeah, um, but who the fuck knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm gonna go with you getting the four with the five. I am going to roll with uh, – I've been calling Zach real shitty. I'm going to say it's Zach. Wow. I think Zach's done – he's done just enough to uh, to hang around and um, 
I believe the schedule favors him. You are uh, wrong. <laughs> no, I am wrong. That he is the hardest schedule. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did that backwards. So I'm not going with Zach getting the five seed. <laughs> I am going to go with Brian okay. as the five seed. Okay. Um, because uh, of the schedule. I think Brian is the one that has the easy strength of schedule. Uh, yeah, easier. Well, everyone's easier okay. than Zach, but yes. Okay. That's what I was thinking. And I'm going to go with Zach as the sixth seed. I think Garrison, who has had a great year, uh, jumps it as the seventh slot. I understand what people are going to say. I just read off, with the exception of being Alves, I just read off the current standings. <laughs> but um, I'm using points four. Points four is going to be a huge tiebreaker, and that's going to have to drive it. And Zach has a substantial points four lead on Garrison. Um and Brian even has a good one on Zach, 30 points. That's easily closable in, yeah. in three weeks, but um, it's going to be tough. Uh, so that's why I'm going. So I got Colin one, me two, Alex three, John, you at four, uh, Brian coming in at five, and Zach finishing at six. Okay. Um, so we are very close here, you and I. Uh, the lone exception being that I have uh, – Gary actually being the sixth team, I think that as much as like the, you know, the strength of schedule thing that I broke down is kind of pseudoscience because, you know, how much do wins and losses really count for? Like, yeah, Paul's three and seven, but he could easily beat somebody. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I do think that Zach has a really hard remaining schedule. Uh, I looked into it. I can pull it up real quick, but. Uh, he, he's got you this week. Yeah. Then, he, then he's got. Uh, scary Gary. Then he's got uh, Calm last week. So actually, that week twelve matchup, Zach versus Garrison, could very well be the decider. It very well could be, and I think that Gary has what it takes potentially. Uh, I think that you're right. If it comes down to a tiebreaker, Gary isn't going to have it. However, I think that Garrison is going to do enough and have the wins to be able to get in over Zach outright and have it not come down to a tiebreaker in terms of who gets in. I think we're going to see a tiebreaker in terms of like that four, five, six breakdown, like what we kind of have right now. But uh, yeah, mm. I'm, I'm taking Gary and then Zach, you know, just sort of being the first team out. So you're saying there will be six, six teams that have a clear higher record and then the tiebreaker will only help seed those six teams. Yeah. Like I think it's going to be like, like maybe me and Brian both come in at like seven and six and I take four from him because I have more points for essentially. That's, yeah. that, that's what I'm saying. I think will happen. And you, th- you think the six and seven seeds, meaning Zach and Gary in some order, uh, will have different records. I do. I think Zach will come in at okay. like, I mean, at this point there's a solid chance that Zach comes in at five and eight, which isn't going to be good enough just because of how hard his remaining schedule is. Uh, so even if he does beat Garrison, or maybe you know he comes in at 6-7, and seven, but even if he does beat Garrison, Gary does have, apart from Zach, he has Paul and Mike, which feel like two much easier games, especially that last week he's playing Mike. That's that's a nice matchup to, to finish on. Yeah, that's true. Um the question is, is when is the actual last week of bye weeks? 
I think it might be next week. I know my last week of bye weeks is this week. I don't know about overall. Yeah, the Giants, um, Saquon is my last starter that has a bye. Um, week 12 is the last week of bye weeks. Okay, that's actually something that I didn't. So this is, we're into week 11 with the Packers, Giants, Seahawks, and Titans on bye. <laughs> next week, the Cardinals, Chiefs, Chargers, and Vikings. Ooh. Are on a buy. That's actually that's going to be an interesting. So actually, Melvin Gordon still has a buy for me as well. Um, and then you have like Mahomes will be on buy. Tyreek Hill. Yeah, so there's actually I mean, I mean there's big teams there. There's uh, yeah Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. You have Gordon, Eckler, Keenan Allen, Rivers, and then you have Cousins, Steelen, Cook, Diggs, uh, Rudolph, maybe uh, the Vikings defense. Yeah. Um, not to mention, look at Zach thinking Kyler Murray, Larry Fitz, uh, Christian Kirk for Colin, <laughs> uh, David Johnson, and the and, and the eighty five running yeah. and the eighty five running backs on the Vikings oh. on the Cardinals all have all, all on by that week. So uh, that's actually gonna be, that can actually be a huge bye week um, in terms of shaping how the, the how, with everybody's so close. Week twelve could be the week because everybody's gonna be on bye. Yeah. And I mean, it. I think we are just going to have to, you know, see if after this week, how important those games are going to become. Like you said, mm-hmm. at least the Garrison Zach matchup going to be very interesting. Yeah. And the uh, the one thing that is nice, though, is that I think every year or almost every year, there's been a matchup where if somebody wins and somebody loses, it's either in or, or out type of thing. Like the, it comes down to being decided in the end week 13. And thankfully there's no more buys. So every team will be at full strength for the final week. Kind of like how the MLB starts every game the last day yeah. uh, the, at the same time. Every team will be at full strength. So there'll be no excuses. Yeah, no, and that's no, no advantage. And I think this year of all the years, though, I don't, you know, we, we all have made our projections about how things are going to end. Uh, I think this is the year we could see multiple games coming down to, you know, yeah. if I win and Zach loses and Brian wins at like, you know, it, it, there could be a cascading effect here. Yes. So I'm true. excited. Personally, I want to see if Mike can pull off some absolute bullshit and like run the table and get in. I think that'd just be super fucking interesting. <laughs> if Mike yeah. of all teams could sneak into the playoff race at four and six right now, he'd have to win his last three or probably two of the last three, at least to even have a prayer, but yeah, man, that'd be fun. <laughs> yes. It's electric, Elect- an electric environment inside the league. Uh, okay. Well, uh, there you have it. If you disagree with our rankings, which God knows you probably will, please let Charlie and I know voice your opinions. We'd love to hear them. And with that, we are going to move into our predictions, actually, for the upcoming week. And we can, you know, sort of make good on our predictions for the overall ending of the year. Uh, So before we get into any of that, we're going to recap. Chuck and I went into last week tied. And we are no longer tied. God damn it. I mean, four and one versus three and two was a pretty good week. It is. It's a good week for us. Um we picked almost every game the same last week, save the Brian-Mike matchup. I think the reason I'm so mad about this is because I had I picked Mike it went like when I wrote it down, but then you went first and picked Brian, and that was I I think it was 
Either the last one we did or picked, almost the last one. I, I picked Mike. Or sorry, you picked and, Mike. And you picked uh, yeah, so you picked Mike, and then I decided, like, all right, well, we can't pick all five the same. Plus, like, Brian is projected to win. Let me just pick Brian. And boy, did that fucking blow up in my face. God damn it, yeah. Brian. So... I knew it was locked up on Brian's. Like, I'm going to beat – I'm pretty to beat Mike with no defense and no tight end. Like, fuck you, Mike. I'm like, all right, Brian just lost. Yep, it's over. It's like anytime someone yeah. says uh, that fantasy football is easy. Or their team is so good. Yeah, they're out of the playoffs. That's, that's just how – which is another good reason, by the way, that Zach should not make the playoffs. This is true. We're, we're done with that segment, I guess. Um, yeah, so last week I went 3-2. and two, Chuck went 4-1. and one, uh, Bringing our overall records myself – to 28 and 22 and Chuck to 29 and 21. Chuck, we're really starting to like build a little bit of a cushion here and it feels good. Yeah. I mean, I think we are, as of right now, we're better than the coin. So that's all we got. That's all we we try for. It seems like we're going to end the year at least, or end the regular season, at least ahead of the coin. We'll see if we can keep it going. God damn it. God damn it, John. You just fucked, you just fucked us right there. We, I probably did. I probably did. I shit talk the coin and the coin knows. It's okay. I got a little quarter right here. We can. I'll apologize to it after we record. Um. <clears throat> so anyway, this week, I am going to be walking us through uh, our matchups, picking the marquee matchup. Um. And Chuck, I'm sure, is going to produce his title cards or or um. That I will. That I will, John. Them. Okay. The calling so first, card. Calling card. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So first up, I'm going to direct you to the Paul Gary matchup, Chuck. Uh, and one that has a little bit of playoff implication to it. Not as much as some other matchups uh, this week, but still, I think a loss here pretty much knocks Paul out of playoff contention. It would, you know, make his maximum win total five, and that's probably just not going to be good enough. Uh, yeah, um, I, I have this as my must-win game for both mm. teams. One, because if Paul wants, to, wants any chance of staying alive, uh, he's got to win this one. And uh, Garrison, this is a game with being in that huge logjam group. This is a game he needs to win to sort of keep pace with everybody. Especially else. given that he does not have the points for to sustain a tie. Especially, yes, especially that he has to. He, has to, he does. He will not win the tiebreaker, so he has to do right. it outright. So, um, just walking through the matchups, uh, I think Mac versus Jacksonville, Eckler versus Kansas City. I think those could be some boomer bust matchups. I don't know that. Eckler's necessarily going to thrive against Kansas City, but I do think that both of them are going to have some pretty good games here. Uh, Evans and Woods, those are brutal matchups. Mike Evans scored zero points last time they played New Orleans. Not saying that's going to happen again. Oh, is that, I didn't realize that was it that It was. Uh, I don't know that that's going to happen again because uh, Godwin like, torched them on the other side, so maybe they're going to play... Uh, you know, a little bit different defensive alignment this time. And 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 just, I don't know what his health will be at the game time, but Marshawn Lattimore is banged up currently. Right, that's, so. that's another good point. So, but you know, and who knows? Deep, New Orleans defense still very good. Uh, so, you know, we'll see, but I, it doesn't make you feel good going forward. Um, no. For Gary, uh, James Conner, looking like he's going to be back, going up against Cleveland. Um and a Cleveland run defense that has been okay this year. Definitely not stellar. We'll see. I mean, the Pittsburgh offense has been so hit or miss that God knows, but he does have Derrick Henry on by, which, uh, you know, just going to knocks him down quite a peg. He did make this trade for James White, which sort of elevates that running back to profile from what it would have been otherwise. Uh, 
Marvin Jones Jr., an interesting thing here. He did show some like decent chemistry with Jeff Driscoll, assuming Driscoll continues to be the starter if Matt Stafford's still out. But I think OBJ, Juju are going to struggle. Um, he, he doesn't. He doesn't have OBJ anymore. Right. He doesn't have OBJ anymore. I wrote that down before the trade. Whatever. Juju's going to struggle then. Uh, so and Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin will do fine. Uh, but still, even with that, I think Paul wins this one, stays alive, and uh, Gary falls maybe a game behind the pack. Uh, this one is, is interesting. You talked about Robert Woods. I I think it's even less of a Chicago's defense is good as opposed to a the Rams just stink bad. Like, like they've entered like they stink category. Mm-hmm. Like, is anybody afraid of the Rams? Like. I don't know. Like, I think this is at Sunday Night Football. This is a game Chicago has to win. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, Lamar is Paul is going to win or lose this game. I think on Lamar Jackson's back there. Yeah. Um, he's, he's been incredible. You can't deny that. I think he has another great day. I think Paul will be good. The kicker here is you, you, you mentioned James Conner briefly. That's a Thursday night game in Cleveland. It's going to be cold as shit. It's going to be windy. It might snow. Um, the, the Steelers' O-line has been just horrendous as of as of late. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see what, what the Steelers' game plan is, like how healthy is James Conner. Yeah. Um, because they're going to have to run the ball uh, to win this game. Um, so they'll, he'll, he'll get heavy use. I love the James White trade. Um, I think that helps Gerson a lot. I am going to stick with my guns, and I'm going to uh, take Garrison in this one. Okay. And off the bat, we have more difference than we had last week. <clears throat> or probably more difference, I guess. Um, yeah, so I, I do always want to just mention that that uh, trade that uh, Colin and uh, Scary Gary made yeah. just this afternoon, actually. Um, that's one of those where – if you just look at the names, it like hits you across the face. You're like, "There's no way this is a real trade." Bad up. But if you just, it's one of those. If it's just like, if it's just receiver X and running back Y, really, I mean, it's a pretty fair trade both ways. Like, Garrison picks up the running back too. He desperately needed, especially with um, Derrick Henry on by. Uh, he doesn't have to start Matt Breida anymore, which is I think everybody's thankful for. And Colin picked good. up another. Colin picked up another receiver that he can play in his flex and or in a wide receiver two spot. And OBJ, he's not put up the numbers this year, but he's still OBJ. At any given time, he can rip off a two-yard screen for 75 yards and a touchdown. So um, I think that's one of those low-risk, high-reward trades for Colin. I think it's a more of a uh, – consistency trade for for garrison yeah absolutely he i think he was definitely tired of watching odell uh continue to sort of struggle to find a rhythm in that browns offense and can't say i blame him oh uh, believe me i i do not blame him because i've got to watch him every week <laughs> good uh okay well next up we are going to move to the brian ben matchup uh that Looks like it's not going to be particularly interesting. But then again, I guess the Brian Mike matchup didn't look particularly interesting either. So who knows? So this is I have this. I have this as the this is a trap game. Ooh. For, for yeah, trap game for Brian. Um, he's got some some guys on by. Um, 
That being said, the big question is going to be Adam Thielen. So, but I'll let you go ahead and and start as we okay. as we go through. So, um, I, this is you know much the same as you said. This is a mu- last one was a must win for Paul. This is a must win for Ben. Loss here actually mathematically eliminates him pretty much from playoff contention, which is by the way shocking that Ben is still mathematically alive technically here. Uh, well, yeah, no, he is, but that's like, it's like, it's like when the Browns were 0 10 and they were not mathematically eliminated yet, but 174 things had to happen for them to make the playoffs. Exactly. So, I, and really it wouldn't be that hard for Ben to make the playoffs. So it would be a little difficult. He, he'd have to score a shitload of points is the one big thing. Yeah. That's the thing is he's not, he's not going to get the round points. It's just, it's just tough. Yeah. Okay. But regardless, uh, for Brian, Zeke has not been really lighting it up lately. Um, but I think that he and Dalvin Cook looking like they're going to have some pretty decent two big weeks against Detroit and Denver, respectively. Uh, I still do not like uh, Ridley, although actually, no, since I've seen said that, Brian has switched in Cortland Sutton. So my point was that I still don't like Calvin Ridley, but he's probably the best option here. Uh, and Brian has instead gone with Cortland Sutton, who's going up against a pretty solid Minnesota secondary uh, where was I in the, uh, Ben, uh, so Ben, the Baltimore secondary is much improved this season. They look like they're playing really well. They got a lot of great defensive backs, but I don't think they're going to do enough to slow down the Sean Watson. He's going to have a big week. That's going to be a shootout. I think him and Lamar, uh, Mixon, I think is going to continue some of the momentum he built from last week, but Diggs is going to struggle hard against that Denver secondary. Uh, I think, He's got Singletary in there. Let's, you know, let's see if he keeps him in there. But I think that Singletary against Miami, that's one to watch. I think if Singletary can rip off a big week uh, in what should be a game that Buffalo's leading for most of the time, uh, I think that Ben is going to have a shot to compete in this one. And honestly, I just don't really love the matchups that Brian is looking at. So I'm taking Ben in this. Um, So I'll start off. I have uh, Ben as well. Um, I think you. He- you got a huge advantage with Russell Wilson being on by um, and Adam Thielen potentially being hurt. Uh, that being said, even if he was healthy, they're going up against Denver, which does not bode well for Thielen um, or Diggs for Thielen or Diggs. Uh, to me, the interesting thing with Ben is this running back situation with Carson on by he's forced. You got Kareem Hunt in there now who. Played really well for not playing all year. Played really well last week um, against Buffalo. The interesting thing is going to be is with this game on Thursday, the weather supposed the way the weather supposed to be is they're going to have to rely on the ground to to do stuff. And Hunt, I think for him to really make a difference for Ben, is going to have to score. Um, the question will be the, the Browns are just awful in the red zone. So can Hunt punch in? a long run or catch a, a screen and take it to the house or something. So that's going to be something the wild. I think Ben's going to need that um, to really st- stay even here and, and win. But I like his chances. I'm going to go with him as well. Okay. There you go. Uh, both, both picking the upset here, even though, uh, yeah, well, Ben has been a giant killer and Brian, as we know, very tall, just saying potentially a giant. Maybe some Giants blood, at least. Uh, okay, so next up, Chuck, I'm going to lead you over to your game, actually. You v. Mike. 
Sausage Factory and Prey Lewis. Um, uh, before you, so okay. I have this as my this is my playoff implications game. Okay, I, I don't disagree with that. This um, this could really deal a blow to Mike's playoff hopes, uh, and similarly, I think it could really deal a blow to your hopes of being able to jump Alex and get that first round by. Uh, so just from you know player by player, I think Kamara. Really going to struggle against Tampa Bay. Like he's, I, There's a good chance that he just gets shut down. But I do think that Gordon is going to be able to thrive against Kansas City. I think that there's a lot of points to be had there. Amari Cooper is going to have to deal with Darius Slay, but he seems to be a big enough of a big play threat that he should be able to do something there. Waller's in line for a big day. Uh, Kenyon Drake, uh, Ronald Jones, those are just brutal starts. For Mike against San yeah, Francisco and New tough. Orleans, that's awful. I think that Tyree Kill is gonna have a big day, but looking at his team, I mean, Gallup against Detroit is not great. Watkins is the number two receiver on his team. I just don't see a lot of points anywhere in Mike's lineup. Uh, everything just looks mediocre. So, with that in mind, I think that Chuck, you take it. I think it's low scoring, but you pull it out. Um, I agree. I've got myself as well. Um, Tyree kill against the chargers does scare me a lot because he threw up 33 points in a game, which Kansas City lost and didn't look, you know, they threw up, they threw up stats, but the, the thing with Kansas City is they just don't play any defense. They have to score a lot of points to win games. They do. Um, so that's, that's always an advantage for Mike. Amari Cooper is going to have to go up against Darius Slay, but, uh, him and Dak Prescott have perfected the, Amara Cooper is basically lying out of bounds pass where he catches it and just his toes are in bounds and that's a touchdown. <laughs> that's true. They've, they've perfected that. They've perfected that play. They do it at least five or six times a game. Um, so that's like that's uncoverable. That's if you get a guy can do that. That's you know, it is. that's how you score against really good, really good corners. Um, the thing with the Saints is the Saints, after just getting shellacked by the. Falcons, I think, so are going to come out for for a revenge game. They're playing against Tampa Bay. I think, I think the clock starting to strike midnight on Tampa Bay. They were hot there for a few weeks in the middle. Uh, They're making some noise, um, but the thing when you play Tampa Bay is James Winston can just throw the an interception anytime and or fumble the ball anywhere, and he will. So yeah, and you can't so you can't cannot count out. The two, maybe even three times where the Saints could have incredible field position, um, which is obviously really, really good when you have a running back. So I think that Kamara, although they're playing a pretty good defense, will be able to break out. So I got myself as well. Okay. Well, uh, so we're in agreement then. But anyway, this is the, this is the battle of playoff implications yes. because I think even more so than your and Zach's game, this game has a lot of has a lot of factors. For one. If this is what the assumption that Alex loses to Kyle, which he can very much win, we haven't broken down that game yet. Um, uh, but if I win and Alex loses, I jump him, barring a crazy points change here. I jump him for the for the first place in the East. And Mike, I think, is effectively eliminated. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's basically it for him. Any shot he had of climbing back in is probably done. That being said, if Mike beats me, he firmly jumps into that 
logjam tier. Because a couple of you play each other and separate things happen, um, he jumps firmly into that group. Yeah, yeah, he jumps firmly into that group um, and is very much alive for the playoffs. So um, a lot of stuff going on here. I think the reason that I had this is the playoff implications because of what the East – what could happen in the East with Umby win and an Alex loss and vice versa. So that's why I got that, but yeah. Go on, John. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. I, I think that these last three games, there is a lot of playoff implications in all of them. And with that in mind, let's move on to what I think has the second highest stakes of those three in Colin versus Alex. Uh, Chuck, what, what's your what's your calling card for this one? This is the uh, are we sure they're good game for Alex mm-hmm. and the are we sure they're still good game for Colin? Okay. And the reason that I have that is not as much for Colin's team. He's rattled off eight in a row. I don't think anybody's questioning that his team is is good. But the interesting thing is going to be with Kareem Hunt getting more and more. The assumption is that he'll be more and more involved in the offense. What happens to Nick Chubb? What's going on with the um, Chiefs? Uh, this Odell Beckham thing. What's going on with that? And then down the line, you've got you know Kittle. What's his production going to look like? Is San Fran really that good of a team? Um, what's Godwin going to look like? Is he against the Saints because it's on the stretch here? What's he going to look like? And uh, the buys hurt him this week. I mean, Lockett and Jones um, yeah. on buy hurt him. So that's why I have the him as the Archer where they're still good, which I think they are, but it's like there's a couple questions there with guys on Collins' team where you're like, ah, like you can reasonably see them go. They're, the pendulum swing in the other direction. And with Alex, um, he's got a really good record, but has not scored a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Um, so really just an are we sure they're a good game for Alex. He's finally started to see some faults um, here down the stretch. So let's see if it keeps up or if he can, he can bounce back, but on to the players, John. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, just speaking of the players, the more I look at it, after this trade, I don't know who Colin started. Colin is insanely deep at receiver now. He's going to have to bench either OBJ or Tyler Lockett or maybe DeAndre Hopkins, honestly. Well, so the thing, the thing this is why I thought it was a good trade for Colin was because he's getting rid of James Conner, who on Colin's team with Chubb and Jones, we'll try with James White, who on Colin's team with Chubb and Jones was nothing more than a flex. Yeah. He was, that's was all he was going to be. And with that extra receiver, I like having receivers, more more flex receivers than flex running backs because receiver is such a matchup-driven game. You really have a lot of freedom with who plays what week and how you can kind of control that. And so I think it really is going to come down to matchups. The, the Browns have games against the Bengals down the stretch. I don't know exactly what the Seahawks or what the Seahawks, Buccaneers, or Texans look like down the stretch. Mm-hmm. But – Colin is very, very free with all three of those receiver slots to play matchups amongst those five guys. So yeah, that is big. and and I think Colin also leads the league in random player scoring forty points for him <laughs> between Aaron Jones. I yeah, I don't know if Christian Kirk's got another one of those. Um, in him. That being said, I saw reports that he's basically healthy for the first time all year and just burned everybody. So maybe, maybe he is like. Gonna do that all of a sudden. So maybe add a, maybe add a, a sixth guy into that mix about players Colin can play. 
Absolutely wild. Okay, well, now, focusing on Colin's starting lineup, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I think he could struggle versus Baltimore. However, Godwin, like we mentioned earlier, had a huge game the last time the Bucks played New Orleans. Uh, again, maybe they're going to rework uh, their scheme to put somebody else on him, because clearly, I guess it was Eli Apple covering him, and Eli Apple did not rise to the challenge there. Uh, so who knows if that's going to uh, keep up, but still it makes you feel pretty good. Uh, Mahomes, Williams, that's just kind of a cupcake matchup against what has been an incredibly underachieving Chargers defense so far this year. Uh, for Alex, Gurley versus Chicago, uh, Hawkinson against literally anyone, just two tough starts, really. Um, yeah. And then Thomas and Michael Thomas and Ingram, both I think in line for pretty big days. Uh, again, I think or I haven't said this yet, but I think Ingram, I think that Baltimore game, I think that's going to be, uh, sure, yeah, I did say this. It's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a shootout. I think that that could benefit Ingram. I think that he could see some goal line touches and some touchdowns in that one. But I just don't think that it's going to be able to overcome uh, a lineup that Alex is currently starting Hollywood Brown in. So I just can't, in good faith, pick Alex. So I'm going with Colin. Yeah, I've got Colin as well for a lot of the same reasons. Alex has got some really, really tough matchups. Um, and the thing with, with Colin is he's got Mahomes. I, no one's doubting Mahomes. He threw up 30 points last week. But this Chiefs offensive line is terrible. It's awful. He looks especially mobile, with Mitchell, though. Especially with Mitchell, with Mitchell Schwartz kind of on the mend, not 100% kind of what it looks like. So I think it's more that's more of a problem for the actual Chiefs than I think Pat Mahomes fantasy stats. But um yeah, I mean Collins matchups are fine. I think just Alex has got too tough. If Collins got one of Collins guys will break out and have a decent game. Um so I'm going with him. Okay. Yeah. Well um yeah and that would I believe lock up the number one overall seed for Colin. Should he pull that one out? So, uh, let's see. Quick math. Not like no. officially, but with points. With points, unless he just didn't score. That being said, <laughs> you know, you, um, in the last two weeks, you are allowed to bench players and violate the rule to, um, sort of control playoff seating. That's true. That's it. I'm not saying Colin would do that. I don't know what. You don't know what's going to happen. I don't even know who he plays the last couple games. He plays me, um, and um, I don't have it in front of me, but it, I believe it's me who he's probably going to want to beat. And yeah. uh, somebody else. I, I think his last game's bad, but still. So, so, so you don't know. So I don't foresee him giving up the, the points for uh, lead, but there are certain factors that could play into effect. You never really know. Um, but, yeah, I think this win all but sort of locks up the number one seed for Colin in the first round. Yeah, which is, again, which is why I gave it the second most importance for the playoff standings. However, the game with the first most, the game with, I think, inarguably the most uh, implications for the way the playoffs are going to shake out is our marquee matchup. Me versus Zach. uh, Diesel versus Rage. Um, We, uh, I think, I've kind of been looking forward to this one for a while, thinking that it might have... uh, a final say, I guess, in who winds up actually getting into the playoffs. Chuck, what, what are you calling this one? 
Uh, I think this was a true loser leaves town game. Okay. I, I think the loser of this is going to be have a lot of problems uh, sneaking back in uh, to the playoff spot. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, no, I I agree. So, uh, yeah, I think that there are a lot of. Uh, I, I, I understand people that are listening that that contradicts exactly what I said with my playoff predictions, but I said it'd be very tough, not impossible. Because you picked both of us, yes. Yes. This is a loser lease town game. I had you as a four seed, too. This is this is a loser lease town game simply because with that group in the middle, if, if Garrison wins, if things like don't – overcoming a full game with only two games to play is not always as easy – it's easier said than done, you know? Yeah. Um, so I feel like before we get into the playoff matchups, uh, I think that a loss here hurts Zach infinitely more than it hurts me. Uh, yes. Points point four come into big play for whoever loses this game. Yeah, so let's say I lose this one, lose to Colin, and win against Paul. I could still find myself in a tie at six and seven for the sixth seed and be able to sneak in on points four. It looks like I'm going to be ahead of Gary – I have a good chance to be ahead of Zach and uh, probably Brian too. As it stands right now, who knows how things wind up down the stretch. But Zach doesn't have that luxury, so I think he needs this one a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, again, one of us could throw up 200 points next week and it nothing, none of this would fucking matter. So who knows? Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so as the players go, Cooper Cup, what the fuck? Uh, looked like absolute shit last week in an overall shitty performance from the Rams. The Rams just the, the Rams just stink. I don't get like, it. That, that's just what ha- they just stink now. I think it's. I mean, it's it's not as bad as the Falcons yet, but it's bad. That Super Bowl. That Super Bowl. I mean, it's like that. We're like, what the, why the fuck did the Rams stink all of a sudden? It's because they lost Super Bowl. Like maybe that, that could be it. Um. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, zero points last week from Cooper Cup. Not going to get any better against a very good Chicago Bears defense. And like Chuck said before, the Rams just look like they're not good. So I don't have any faith that they will figure it out for next week. I mean, he had zero catches and they were coming off a bye. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And I mean, the Steelers defense is really, really good, but. I I mean, it's really on golf. I mean, they're all line. The Rams all line is bad. Golf was bad, and that's that hurts when you got a receiver on that team when those two things are going against you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but for Zach, uh, I think that uh, when you really look at it, you got Bell, Jacobs, uh, Mohamed Sanu, uh, Keenan Allen, Travis Kelsey. All of these guys look like they have pretty easy matchups. Now, with that said, there are some questions about how much is Sanu going to play in a role in this Patriots offense. Uh, that's always sort of a question when a, a receiver goes there. Uh, Keenan Allen is just on what appears to be a shitty offense. So that's just a question mark as well. So, but again, even without that, you got Bell, Jacobs, Kelsey, all seem like they're going to have big days for me. McCaffrey versus Atlanta Edelman versus Philly. Those are some pretty nice matchups. <clears throat> I think Fournette and Chark are going to have a tougher time with Indianapolis just because they look like they're playing pretty well but they're going to be playing with a backup quarterback. And uh, the flip side of that is that Nick Foles is going to be back. So that's sort of a wild card. Not sure how that offense is going to look with him. Oh, back. shit. We got, we got big Dick Nick back all of a sudden. Dick, Dick Nick back up. Uh, obviously, it doesn't affect Chuck with Fournette. But 
Uh, you know, if he comes out slinging, that's good for both of them, probably. Uh, to bounce back, I think it's the Tampa Bay secondary, which doesn't look very good. And I think uh, John Brown maybe actually sees the touchdown against Miami. Uh, so I think this is going to be closer than I'd like for it to be, but I'm taking me. Zach's got a huge one-two punch with Bell and Jacobs going up against Washington and Cincy. Uh, a huge yeah. thing's going to be Kyler Murray, who I'm not going to say he's as good as Russell Wilson, but has a lot of the same skill set. Russell Wilson had a couple of huge running lanes um, in that game on uh, Monday night. Um, so, I mean, expect similar things for Murray. He, he's like a guy can capitalize on those advantages and rack up points real quick uh, on the ground. Um, Sanu had a great sort of, not was in his debut, but in his sort of second week with New England, uh, had a great game. Uh, coming off the bye, the thing with New England, as you kind of touched on it, was it could just be like this is the week that every pass goes to Edelman, and Sanu was a decoy. Like, or Dorset. Or, yeah, like it just, yeah you know, it's, this is the Dorset game. Um and sort of think Kelsey and Allen going up against each other on a against relatively both bad defenses. And then on your side, John, uh, McCaffrey um, against Atlanta, he should have – I mean, he said he's shown us nothing to contradict him having a a really good game. Um, yeah. You know, he's just – this guy's a beast. Um, Fournette against Indy, this is sort of the similar thing with uh, – Jameis Winston, but Brian Hoyer was not good uh, in for the Colts last game. I don't know if Brissett's back. No. It, it's it, Either it's Brian Hoyer starting or Brissett being rushed back, neither of which is a good recipe for an offense. And so, dog like said, kind of don't count out the field position game, stuff like that. So there could be opportunities yeah. there all of a sudden uh, or maybe against a good defense, but you get the ball in their red zone to start your drive. Then you, you know, your larger you're gonna come away with some points. Um, that being said, I think we get a bounce back from Cup. I think we get a big game out of uh, Bell and Jacobs. I'm gonna go with Zach in this one. Okay, Chuck has Zach staying alive. I have Zach getting the sixth seed, but beating you here, and you somehow getting the fourth seed. I don't know if that math checks out correctly. It's possible. It's it's a lot tougher to do at that point, but it's possible. I don't know if that's even mathematically possible, but let's see. It is. It'd be me losing this and then winning two. And, well, I guess we could just tie, and I would just take it, yeah. but whatever. Um, okay. But I have Brian getting the five seed, so. <laughs> you too. <laughs> and also losing. <laughs> and also losing. So, giddy up. Here we go. Right here not. Here we come. <laughs> Chuck, as we are all well aware, big fan of chaos. Yes. Um. Okay, well, I think that's going to do it for us here then, Chuck. Uh, you got anything else to share with the people? Uh, go Browns. Going to beat the Steelers on uh, on Thursday night. The Steelers. The Steelers. Okay, the, the Steel Curtain. Baker Mayfield um, had a problem. He's not, he's not good uh, really talking to the media. he got to work on that. Uh, he's... Been kind of complaining for the last two days that the Browns fans were too loud when the Browns were on offense. Um, that being said, there's a lot of Buffalo fans there, and they are the ones being loud. But Bigger for two days has been yelling at the Browns fan base to be quiet when the Browns are on offense and be loud when they're on defense. Um, 
So I just hope that he gets himself you know, together for this Thursday night game because I'll cry if he doesn't. Uh, Baker Mayfield, as we are all aware, uh, big fan of the pod. So Baker, please take that in stride. Uh, we only say it because we love you, you know? Exactly. Okay, well, uh, that'll do it then. Uh, be sure to set your guys' lineups as always. We're going to be back uh, with you guys next week for another thrilling episode. But until then, peace. Stop!